The Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 34. Coaches, welcome to Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest is Coach Jim Monas. Coach Monas has 44 years of coaching experience under his belt. He spent four years coaching high school football, um, three years down in Delaware at Sussex Central High School, and then he, he coached a year at Chambersburg High School. Then he spent 10 years as an assistant at Shippensburg University, a good chunk of that, six years maybe, six seasons maybe as the offensive coordinator. Correct me if I'm wrong, Coach. Yeah, um, something and, like that, yeah. Okay, and then 11 seasons he, he spent as the head coach at Lebanon Valley College. He then, after he, he, he was the coach there for 11 years, and then spent seven seasons as the offensive coordinator at Bloomsburg University under Coach Hale, and then came back to Lebanon Valley College for another 12 years as the head football coach there. He's, uh, he's currently enjoying time as a free agent slash uh, retired member of the, the Delaware community. But Coach Monas, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Well, Coach Moan is just um, for the the listeners out there. He was the head coach at Lebanon Valley for for a good number of years when I was there. He hired me. Uh, I consider him a mentor of mine, a big time mentor of mine. Learned a lot about um, how to deal with people, players, how to how to organize a staff and practice and all that stuff. And and we're gonna t- try to touch on some of that today. But Coach, yeah. if you wanna. Um, I don't know if you if you want to start with like a practice organization, that'd be a good place to start. Um, yeah, because um, as as I went through, just like you were saying, Mark, I had mentors, I had uh, coaches that I worked for on the high school level, and as, as well as on the college level. That you know, as you go along, you pick up things that you want to do if you ever become a head football coach, and there are things maybe you don't necessarily want to do but uh had some really good people that that taught me a lot about the game you know practice organization uh, was a was a big big topic and as i got into college football it became more and more important Uh, and you and i talked a little bit about uh, film and practice and the way we went about filming practice uh, we use utilize that with our players in terms of the teaching of the game and but and once we got into you know wide copy and tight copy well that's when then it really took off didn't use tight copy in my high school days wasn't wasn't really a part of the deal but once i got to uh shippensburg and then of course to to uh with lebanon valley and bloomsburg it became a major part of practice as well as games, being able to evaluate tape. In talking with with uh, high school coaches and my experience in high school, it, it it I don't see every program, even even games. I don't see a an end zone copy for every game. And at LVC, heck, we we were doing we did every we now we had a uh, end zone copy for for both the offensive side and the defensive side. Now, of course, high school, you know, most teams don't do the, the two-way thing or the one-way right. thing, I should say. But we, yeah, every practice rep was filmed in the end zone and from the press box. 
yep, you couldn't, you can't beat the teaching that takes place. And the other thing, the way things have advanced, uh, players could look at that tape on their own. Right. I mean, if, if I recall, and I, of course, I was, I was a technophobe, but the guys I had on staff, I mean, Jack Bidler, he had, he had people looking, he had his players, they were able to look at the tight copy of practice. And at the same time, he knew who had looked at the, the tight copy. He knew who was studying the tape. Uh, so that, that was uh, something that I think in the teaching of the game that helped them become better football players. I can kind of remember um, like when, when we would do our fundraiser stuff, that was a big part of you. You wanted cameras. You wanted to buy cameras. That was almost like a priority. You know, we had the clothing thing, but then you wanted cameras was a big priority. So we could, so we could do all the filming. We could do all Correct. that stuff. Correct. And then of course, uh, when huddle came along, they, they took it to another level and, and helped us develop, um, you know, it used to be, there was a guy that had to, run the film to somebody to produce the film back when it was film. And, but that changed then. And now my goodness, with the advances, uh, it's, it's so good to be able to, well, they look at it on the sideline now, Mark, I mean, my goodness, they're, they're, they're teaching right on the sideline. I mean, I don't know if the smaller colleges are doing that, but I mean, you look at major colleges or you look at the pros, they all have it right on the sideline. There was some sort of gentleman's agreement with the Middle Atlantic Conference that LVC is a part of that we weren't going to do huddle sideline. I don't know if that changed last year or not, but but we did it this uh-huh. year at Lower Dolphin. And that, yeah, that was that's that's a difference maker for sure. Is that right? Yeah. So the, I I didn't realize that. The yeah. but but just going you know with that tight copy. I, I mean, what did you just see so many so many more things you see so the angles and the footwork that you see from an offensive lineman or, or where a linebacker is lined up angle wise on, on a tackle that, you know, it's got to chip off with a guard onto a backside right. back. You see all that stuff. Yeah. And you don't, you and, can't and, see that from the end zone or from the uh, press box copy. No. And the other big thing is in terms of uh, from the defensive side of the ball, it's, it's a, their alignment in right. terms of what they right. do and how they take their steps just like on the offensive side, it becomes uh, steps. Your first step becomes so important that you're taken. And tight copy, especially when you when you break down practice, and that was the other big thing uh, in terms of the the progression that you take in practice um, and how you go about doing practice schedule. You know, you have we we talked about pre-practice well you know way back it was just boom uh you started practice with uh stretching or exercises whatever it was way back you know what i'm saying remember we what we what we started doing was they couldn't come on the field until we blew the the whistle to start and they had the then specialists came out and, and we would start with a specialist. Yeah, talk about that practice. specialist period because I think that's important for a lot of high school coaches to understand that how important that specialist period is. Well, that was pre-practice. That we called that pre-practice. In other words, that was before the regular practice would actually start, and no one could go on the field unless you were involved in specialist. Or sometimes offensive line would get together on the side and do some teaching. 
not not physical, just walk through things that they would do. And uh, that was a 15, 15 minute period that we did that. And as coaches, it gave us a chance to really spend time with our punter, our kicker, holders, snappers. They had good work every day. And what we said was when you when you came on the field, you didn't come on that field. When, once you came on that field, it was work. It, it wasn't uh, lounge around time. So no one was hanging out. It was always doing something. But it wasn't a physical time period. Then we would start practice with a – with the stretch and and that was uh that got us going and then the progression from from there was what we called an individual period where everybody went to their coaches and you worked on fundamentals at your position and then there was a progression that took place both offensively and defensively where after the individual period there became uh an inside drill and while that was going on there might be the DBs and the, and the receivers might be doing a one-on-one type deal somewhere. And so, again, a progression t- would take place. And then you, eventually uh, you got into teamwork, well, after group run. But you know what we did, Mark? And the other thing that we did, and you were a real good part of that, we mixed in special teams. Mm-hmm. We didn't do them all at once. Yeah, that was big. If you recall. And that made a difference because players or coaches that do all their special teams at one time, let's say they say, okay, special teams, 20 minutes. And then you go punt, punt return, and you go, you know, field goal, field goal block, kickoff, kickoff. And there's a lot of guys standing around because they're not in special teams. But if you take and divide it up, remember what we did? We would have like a punt, punt return. And then we would go back to regular practice and do seven on seven. And then we would come back and do kickoff, kickoff, return. And then we might do – and then we would do end up with field goal, extra point. And, and so everything was split, and those periods were like 10 minutes. Yep. So no one was sitting around or standing around very long. And I felt like that organization and, – and the other big thing is uh, was scripting. I think, Mark, I, I don't know – how much that's involved in, but scripting became a major, major part uh, from the time I started till the time I finished. You know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about? Yeah. So Dude, like, high school coach. Yeah. Yeah. Coach? Yeah. We, um, the people are, I mean, not every program, but people are, they're, they're scripting. Um, but, but like, even, like that's a finer detail. And that, you know, that, that was part of the practice plan the every minute was planned out and every coach knew what every minute was going to entail. Cause everybody, you know, the practice schedule was communicated. Some, you know, at first everyone just got a hard copy of, of the practice plan, but then, you know, with, with the evolution of email, you know, even coaches, when we we would be in the office at school or at, at the college, yeah. we had a lot of guys that were teachers or, you know, whatever. they did something else. We were able to email them the practice plan early on in the day so they could kind of plan out their practice for that day. Correct. And the, not only were, were, were things scripted, you know, our inside drill was scripted, seven on seven was scripted, but right. everybody knew how many reps there was going to be. So they could, they could get the right amount for, you know, if they wanted to get four reps for their second team guy, they knew when to get them in there. They knew when right. both sides of the ball or, or whatever the scout team was going to be able to 
with high school, you get a scout team guy that you, you might want to get some varsity reps. You can get him over because you, you would know the reps. Correct. Um, the other thing that I can, and I can remember this, this was like the first day I was ever a coach at Lebanon Valley College. I remember you going up to the board and you drew the practice field. We had two practice fields beside each other, but you drew them. And and as we went through each period, you drew where everyone was where's, was supposed to be. Right. So you kn- we knew exactly where the drills were going to be. We knew where the running backs were going to have their individual drills and where the defensive backs were going to have their individual drills. Um, where the O line and D line, they they might have met up somewhere to do one on one. Correct. We know exactly Just like the where the receivers, receivers yeah. and the DBs might do downfield blocking. But but and we knew where be. it was. We knew so, correct. So that way, when when that whistle blew to to go on to the next phase, us coaches were going crazy trying to get everybody t- to exactly where they needed to go, and then we could get the drill started real quickly. Right. So no yep. time was wasted in practice. No, and it was on the move. You're right, and you know. We ended up uh, towards the end. We used the uh, scoreboard clock. We had a manager up right. in the in the booth, keeping the time. So it wasn't like, and once that time that buzzer went off, bang, we were off to the next. We did so we weren't overextending practice. You know, it used to be in the old days, something wasn't going right. You 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 had to coaches would start over. Yep. Right. They might they right. might start practice over again. Well, you couldn't do that uh, in this, in that situation. So we had a, we had a, a practice, and, and the players knew it. They knew they were going to be there for two hours, and then it was going to be done. And so and that was good. That was that was the part that um, I thought organizationally helped us become a better football team. I can tell you that special teams in high school is a struggle for some teams for some players but the way we did it we repped every single special team each practice we were able to do that because we could because we were squeezing every drop out of practice and that specialist period at the beginning you know uh, the i don't think you know watching high school teams i'm not sure coaches understand how important it is for the long snapper the holder and the kicker to kind of do that thing where they you know the snap the hold and the kick to do that thing on a consistent basis. Right. I think, I think a lot of programs, they'll just do it. They'll practice it Thursday and maybe a little bit Friday before the game. And then, and then expect it to work on Friday night. Yeah. So I'm, but it's, go ahead. It's no different than what you put when you say quarterbacks and receivers. Right. And and in terms of the passing game or how you deal with your quarterbacks and your offensive backs in terms of the running game and defensively, it's the same thing. Meshing up the linebackers with the, the DBs and coverage and what they do. So, I mean, all those things become uh, practice. It's the way you practice is the way you're going to play. And you, and you got to maintain a level. I'm telling you when I, I, when I came after I was at Bloomsburg and I was with Danny Hale because Danny took it, Danny helped me tremendously so that when I got a second shot, to be a head football coach when I came back to Lebanon Valley. And that's when you came on board. Uh, We, it changed the way practice was. I'll never forget, Mark, the first day back. And when I came back, the practice that we had at Lebanon Valley, that first day, I walked in that coach's locker room and I put my head down. I said, what am I doing? I said, we aren't close. We weren't close to maintaining a pace that we needed to play to win. 
and I was this, I was distraught and, and, but we worked at it and we got it to a level. Right. And, and, uh, that, I think that's something that can be used at all levels. For sure. Um, to change in the, the kind of the subject here, I guess. Okay. I mean, we, we talked about, cause I, I do think that you were, you were really good at, at organizing stuff like, um, uh, you know, pr- the practice and the film and, and all that good. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. On our practice plan, we knew exactly what was filmed. We had the, we knew what managers were going to be filming or what injured yep. players. You were really good at, at utilizing injured players, whether it was getting them to film, getting them to do the stick, like a down and distant sticks, or maybe they were right. the one telling whoever was doing the signal calling what play it was so they could signal into the quarterback. You were really good at that, too. Keep them involved. Yeah. Injury to players is the worst because you feel like you're left out. And so you got to keep them involved somehow and that was what that was a way of doing it i'm not saying they were crazy about doing those things but it was better than them just standing and watching they were part of the deal and you know the service team thing the other thing we did with service team do they still do that mark sure. where you have a scout service teams. player yep. of the week yeah not a scout you know we used to call it scout team and then we made it service because they service the other side and hey how many times did we find a player on the service team who got promoted to play because of his, his ability to go, he was going against the best that we had, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden he's an offensive lineman, but he's going against our first D and he's, and he's making, he's making blocks. Well, then he needs a chance. Hey coach, we want, we offensive lineman, uh, this guy, you got to take a look at him. He might be ready to go. That's another reason, you know, to film. I mean, sometimes you don't see that out of practice, right. and then you see it, you catch it on film. Go ahead. I, I remember uh, Charlie Parker. I mean, he he was on the service team as a yeah. freshman, right? And we're he is running, and I'm saying this guy's a real deal. Yeah. And and hey, what he moved up the ladder right away. And uh, when you think about it, Ben Giles did the same thing mm-hmm. in a different way. <laughs> ben was a little different, but any I don't want to get into personalities that's not what this is for but any that's how you find players yep, yep. you're right okay. to, speaking of players you were you were really good too at at playing the you know playing psychologist if you will um you know th- the day after a game they maybe it's usually probably after a tough loss you know for us when we were coaching in college it was sunday and i can remember you you know having to deal with phone calls or, or players right. come in uh, some of that would happen on Monday. You know, players would have, you know, they'd have that Sunday to think about it or, you know, whatever it was. And then there'd be a parade Monday coming in and out of your office of, of disgruntled players, whether it be because, you know, they're they're playing time or maybe they realized how bad they played and, and you know, they were promising they'd do better. Can you give coaches any insight on how to handle, you know, you know I guess player relationships would be the next topic to cover? Yeah. Well, first of all, grading of tape became i'll never forget um when i first started uh as a head coach i mean we graded when i was an assistant but i came on board and i hired uh frank reich to be the offensive line coach he had never graded tape before i mean he watched tape and he was one outstanding football coach but i remember in the first meeting we sat there it he had to grade five guys right because he was the offensive line yep, coach yep. But what we did 
our players knew they were accountable and they would receive Sunday afternoon. They would get it. Our coaches had to have that tape graded every play and then hand it into me. I wanted to know how many plays a guy played in the game. I want to know what his grade was, what his grade was, pluses, minus, and what the grade was so that, you know, I'm watching tape, but I'm not grading every position so that now I have, so a player does come to me or he knows what his grade is. Now, if he comes to me after that, then I have a chance to talk to him about it. But at least we have something that's concrete, something that you can look at and say, well, it's not just me saying, hey, I didn't think you played that well today. I didn't have anything to back that up. Right. And, and so that, that was, that was standard. And then the other, the, the other big thing that, uh, and I feel like our coaches did a really good job of this is with, within the practices, they were able to grade their players, not, not to that point, but at least the players knew. And uh, I had a philosophy that, Coming in as freshman, uh, if a freshman was, he would be last on the depth chart. We right. always started with the freshman yep. on the depth chart at the bottom. And the deal was you had to be better than the upperclassmen. If you were equal to the upperclassmen, upperclassmen plays. That was my rule. You had to show that you were actually better than in order to play. And I would, you know what? I said that to the, to the players, but I also mentioned that every year to the parents because that, that was something, the expectation, you know, you got guys coming in, even at Lebanon Valley at the division three level who were big time players or starters. And all of a sudden they're in a place where they hadn't been before. And uh, that, that was, that was really for them tough, tough to accept. If a player came to you, um, and I remember you doing this a few, a few times with guys, you know, and, you know, they they question playing time. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that the practice film would do is you could you could just bring up the practice film. You know, if they didn't play in the game, you could bring up the practice film and you could, you know, you could look at effort there. You could look at, you know, their, you could kind of break them down that way too. And what well, you said, I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the history, there, sometimes I had players, and I'm not going to mention names, but he was an LD player, as a matter of fact, um, uh, who came um, came in and he, he felt that he should be playing. And he, he had a history from his high school uh, of complaining okay. to the coach. And, uh, and when he came in to me, uh, I decided I was wasting my time because he had already been complaining and, and so that I knew the history. So he, he said to me, I don't feel I should be, I, I feel I should be playing so on, boo boo. And I said, listen, you know what? You were considering Western Maryland. It was Western Maryland back then. Okay. Daniel now. And I said, I'll sign the release. I said, I think you should go there. I don't think you should stay here because you don't believe in our coaches. You, you, you didn't believe in your coaches in high school. Now you don't believe in us and I don't see anything changing. So go ahead. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll hit his jaw drop. And, and, uh, and, and can I tell you that he ended up staying 
and he ended up becoming a captain his senior year. You, How about that? Yeah, now, you, you played that game or used that technique, I'll, I'll say that. I can remember, and you didn't do it often, but I remember right. you'd tell guys that they should just quit, that that you're not going to kick them off the team, but if they're that unhappy, they might as well just, they should just quit. And then yep. they would walk out of your office, they'd be, you know, they'd be upset and, you know, whatever. But then the next, you know, they were totally different than that next week. And they knew where they stood. Yep. And you know, the other thing in high school now with parents, parents are a hell you got helicopter yep. parents yep. in the high school level. Yep. And when they're looking down and uh, they're right there, but I didn't like dealing with parents on the phone. Right. And, and I said, that I would say to them, uh, Hey, you want to come see me? I'd be happy to talk to you in person. And, and with your son, but I'm not going to deal with this on the phone or I'm not going to deal with it on in an email. I think that's a mistake. It's so, it's so easy to do an email right. or text yep. and, and, and say what you want to say, but I I'd rather go eyeball to eyeball and let's let, tell me to my face and I can tell you where I stand and then we can take it from there. And, uh, that a lot of parents, would call me and, and they start that way. And I'd say, I'd be happy to have you come in. I know you're not here right now, but I'd be happy to ha- sit down and talk to you about it in person. But what and, it, uh, you'd see a difference in when you would, when you would, you know, have some sort of confrontation with the player and, and, you know, the conversation with you wouldn't go the way they wanted it to go. But then the next week at practice, you would see, they would be, they would be like twice the football player, just the effort they were giving. Because either they wanted to prove you wrong, or right. they they hey, they kind of good felt point. a little more comfortable where they're at. You know, they were you know they they remembered why they chose to come to Lebanon Valley College or why they chose to play football. Prove prove me wrong, right? And, and that that was a good point, Mark, because that was I, I I said this is the evaluation that I've made and we've made, and you got you you have to prove 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 this otherwise. And uh, some some would take on that challenge, and uh, some wouldn't. You know, I had a on my desk, and I know you remember this from Star Wars. Yeah, I had a, a saying on the in the front of the desk, and I still have it. I don't know where I put it, uh, but it try not. It was Yoda. And do you remember Star yep. Wars? Oh Mark? yeah, yeah, I remember well. All right, and Yoda was, was talking to Luke Skywalker. He couldn't get that plane out of the water or yep. whatever it was it was in the swamp he was joining it mentally and luke skywalker said well i tried and i and it went back down in and, and yoda said try not do or do not it is not enough to try and see that's that's the that's where in sports and, and no matter what the sport it's the performance the effort is a given right you expect a hundred percent from every player and that that we talked about and by the way that was as a coach and don't we don't want to always put it on the player but as a coach we are charged and i remember in the meetings i used to say this the first meeting every year loyalty i needed your loyalty and i needed you you were charged with making each player at your position the best player they could be that was your job. And it doesn't mean you treat every guy the same either. It was, 
you had to figure out what buttons needed to be pushed to get that out of each player. And I felt like, you know, I learned that as an assistant coach. And uh, I had an experience at Shippensburg where the head coach said to me, he said, the backs are too high and, and they're blocking. So I would take, I took them out on the sled and I, and, and, and we went back in and then we watched film and the coach and I said, coach, I said, I told him, I said, I told him and I took him on the sled. And he said, that's, that's where you made the mistake. He said, you told him, but you didn't teach him. Right. Now go back out and teach them and see that that was the big thing with me. And, and Mark, you know, the guys we had on staff, yep. there were some outstanding coaches. I had at one time at Lebanon Valley, five former head high school football coaches were on that staff, five or six. And we had some knockdowns in the office behind closed doors. But when we left that office, we were all on the same page because, you know, it, it didn't matter whether you agreed or disagreed. Once a decision was made, they went out and they coached it. They didn't go out and say, hey, I wanted it this way, but, hey, Coach Monas wanted it this way. That's not what they said. They went out and coached it. And you were in the same boat. I mean, that, that was – and that that's important that the players see. I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the topic, but yeah, I should have. You're right on. It's kind of but I'm saying from circle. Well, that – that those co those coaches, the, that they ha the players have to know that they're get it doesn't matter who they go to on that staff, they're gonna get the same song and dance. Right. And and that's in terms of hiring that that was the uh, the loyalty factor and teaching each player to, to trying to get them to be the very best player they could be. Well, Sorry about that. That's all right. You yeah. treated you treated coaches fairly, so that that kind of that helped maintain the loyalty, if you will. And and you were really good at not micromanaging coaches too. Like you kind of gave. Uh, you said you, you, it's up to us to make our position group the best possible players, just like you said, the best yep. possible players they can be. But you kind of you didn't micromanage that. In other words, you didn't you didn't tell us what drills to do. You know, yeah, there were certain techniques and certain fundamentals you want to, or, uh, you know, footwork things, whatever it was right. that you wanted them to do. But but it was kind of up to us how we wanted to do that, how we wanted to approach that. You didn't micromanage that. And that, that you know, helps with loyalty, too. Yeah, it does. And remember, every year we tried to, in some years, we actually went away. Yeah. But, and we tried to get it done in two or three days. But eventually we just did it at, at home as, as families grew and, you couldn't do it going away. Right. But I mean, you, you organized and, and had that pre see preseason camp was so important to establishing the base of your football team. You have their undivided attention for 10 days or two weeks or whatever it is, but that's where you get, that's where you get the base. Uh, and once you have the foundation, then you build on that as you go through the season. And that that can be done in high schools now because high schools go to camps. There's still team camps, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. They still have team camps. And and that to me, you by going to a team camp, you and, and, and why do you think Jim Roth keeps going back to, to Lebanon Valley College? What what kind of time frame does he save by doing that? He get, he gets to install everything within and then he goes back home and he's only 
four, five, ten days away from right. starting his camp. So the carryover is big time. Um, the uh, I, I can always remember your your big thing when hiring staff. Okay, was loyal. You always used to say loyalty. Yeah, it's all about loyalty. You mentioned that before, but like, I guess when you're sitting down to interview a coach. You know, if I'm a head coach and I'm going to hire somebody, it's kind of hard. You know, they, they might have a reputation. You can check on the references, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how, in terms of loyalty, how are you able to kind of judge that? Or like coming into, you know, if it, or maybe you didn't, maybe you weren't big on hiring guys you didn't know. I don't know. But how are no, you able I, to gauge that? Well, or somebody that I knew really well would tell me that this guy's a real deal. I mean, you you, you take a look. First of all, uh, my brother-in-law, Lou Orndorff, now, now, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, they're, they're <laughs> he, he was going. And then Mike Wilderson. I mean, seriously? Yeah. Those freaking guys that you talk about old school. How about Mike Dungai? Doesn't get much better than those and, guys. Right. I mean, and I'll never forget, I, the first year Vince Panelin came on board, he was the quarterback's coach. Yeah. And I stymied him. I, it, by the end of the year, I, I felt bad because that was, I was coaching that right. too. We had right. two guys coaching one guy yeah. yep. and it was bad. And I told Vince, I said, I'm, I'm wrong for what I did to you, but I'm not changing. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to change you. I mean, you got, you yeah. got to switch positions. Right. I, I said it's only fair to the program, and he did it. Yep. yep. But there, there, there's another guy. Uh, that, he flipped sides that, of the ball and ended up working out for him long term. Correct. Yeah, he stayed on for a long I time. Mean, correct. And and so, because those guys that I've mentioned, and I'm I know I'm missing some names along the way. Well, Frank Reich, are you kidding me? And and, and Mick Slode, and, and that was before you, though, right? Yeah, I mean, right, correct. Yeah, but, but still, and, and I'm going to tell you something now. I mean, the word is that uh, Chris Pope is coaching at Lebanon Valley yep. next year. Yep. And the the word is Carl Litka is coaching at Lebanon Valley. Yep. Now, you, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm going to tell both those guys uh, th- to stick it because I tried to get them <laughs> on staff for a lot of years, and they wouldn't come on board. And now they come on board after I'm gone. Well, Coach Beeler knows. No. He knows they're they're going to be loyal to Coach Beeler. He knows that. You got that so, right. So the bottom line, what you're saying basically is that you've you got into the practice of hiring people that had reputations that you knew yes. that you knew were loyal. That that they build up. Teach them. Yeah, that's right, Mark. I'll teach them the system, and uh, and I'll listen. Hey, when Vince was a quarterback coach, I bet. We went to one story, I'll tell you, and we were coming over the bridge after lunch. And he had made, he, he'd make recommendations. You know, eventually we'll split back beer yeah, and yeah. all that. And every week he'd come in and I'd, I'd turn him down. Yeah. He wanted to put this play in, that play in, and all this. And, and I mean, they're good things, but I didn't think they fit. Mm-hmm. And finally, there was something that he suggested. And we're walking over the bridge. He said, Jim, he said, that's the first time you've, uh, accepted something from me in over a month. <laughs> I said, <laughs> and, and I said, yep. And I feel bad, Vince, but I said, that's, 
but he wasn't doing it in an angry way. Right. He was just acknowledging he felt good that I at least he knew I was listening to him, but I didn't always follow. I mean, I didn't take it. You know what I mean? I didn't yep. take the the suggestion and use it. But my gosh, were those guys good coaches? And Mark, that's what you became. You, you with the experience, the same thing happened for you. I, I've kind of been. I've mentioned this from time to time on the show, where staffs are kind of made up of really young guys that are fresh out of college that have the energy and the time to coach. And then there comes a time in, in a lot of coaches' life, and I'm going through it right now, where you have kids and and you got to back off the game a little bit. And sometimes right. that happens when a coach is in the prime of his career. But then once the kids are able to kind of get out on their own or do whatever, then that coach kind of gets back into it. And those are the kind of that's kind of how staffs are made. You got the young guys, and then you got the older guys. And it's just it, you, you kind of want to get uh, kind of like an I guess a balance of those two kinds of guys. And it's just and you know a lot of coaches that I talk to they they struggle finding personnel to, to help them coach. But if you can get those, I want to say retired guys, but if you can get those guys that are kind of like at the, the veteran part of their career and that that have the time to help out, that those are the ones, they're like, uh, I don't know, they're like the diamonds in the rough. They're the, you know, everyone. Kinda, you got that right. They, everyone wants to go new school nowadays. Everyone wants to be hip, whatever. Yeah. But, but well, those veteran guys, man, they bring a lot to the table. But we all have egos. We, we, yeah. Coaches have egos. We right. all understand that. But when you – when the bottom line is that we're we're teaching these kids the kids these young men the game of football and we're this is the way we're going to teach it and when they when that is their basic fundamental then whatever the philosophy you'll go with it yep. and, and those guys are and that's that's what I always look for because I, I you know I remember at Bloomsburg and I was the offensive coordinator, and I would go Monday nights game plan. And Coach Hale and Coach McBride would sit on the sofa, and I'd go to the board, and I'd make suggestions, uh, uh, you know, who we're playing. We'd already watched tape, and we knew what we were. And I'm saying, I think we can do this. And I would turn around, and they'd both be staring at me. <laughs> and, and, I, and I learned. I, they, they didn't even waste any oxygen. They just stared at me. And I turn around and erase it off the board. <laughs> and and if Danny did take uh, one of my suggestions, we'd go to practice and it would be scripted. And he'd be standing behind the defense. And he he always carried uh, he had a pen around him. He had a pen on. Uh, and and I said to the players one day in seven on seven, I said we're running this pass route. And I said, hey guys, this is a play that I think we can use this week. But I'm telling you, Coach Hale's watching. And and. So we ran the play, and of course it was incomplete. And I see Danny grab the pen and go to the script and just go zoom, cross it off. <laughs> the guys came back to us and said, "Hey guys, don't worry about that play. It's gone. It didn't. It didn't fly." You know, hey, yep. you move on. Right. That, right. but but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, those two guys are great coaches, yeah. and I. Hey, I appreciate that. I want, we all are in there for the same reason. We want to win. Yep. So anyhow, it was, uh, those are the kind of things that I learned as I went through those years. Okay. I got off the subject. That's all right. Coach. About... It's yeah. We, we've gone, been going for almost 40 minutes here now. I'm going to kind of oh, boy. wrap things up. I told you it's going to fly by. I told uh, you. Yeah, you're right. 
So, but I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, you know, I, I want to get repeat, repeat interviewers or interviewees, I guess. So at some point, I'd like to get you back on here. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad you came on, shared some stories. It's been appreciate a while. It. Loved, uh, uh, nice talking to you, Mark. Yeah, and personally, thing- it's been a while since we talked. So this is yep. really good. Yep, good to catch up. You got you got a, a great wife and a great family, and Thanks. and family, and one thing in coaching that's it's very difficult. And I think at times, I I didn't take care of family, and football became, you know, you obsessed. I talked to both my sons about it now. Although I think they both are in positions where they understand a little bit better what uh, what I was doing, but it's still uh, family does come first, and there are sacrifices along the way. But boy, you don't want to ever lose that. Right. And uh, you're at the eight. You got you got those kids. You got a great wife, and that's that's real important. But football's not far behind now. It's awesome. Football's okay. awesome. Yep. All right. Oh, it's awesome. It's a great game and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Coaching it's a yep. lot of fun. So but thanks again, Did Coach. It. Yeah. And, yep. and uh we'll thanks catch, for having me on. Yeah, no problem. I, I hope you become a listener. You haven't said you listened to any of the uh, shows yet, but hope you become a listener because there's a lot of good stuff on this. I will and I'll text you and let you know. Thanks, man. Good talking yep. to you, Coach. Take care. Yep. Talk to you later.